You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. There's so much, there's so much good future for you. You know, in my life, young people, there were so many times, so many times I almost blew it. I almost lost this opportunity. Uh, I think of when I was in college, and I loved college, but I, uh, I got there, and they're still in my heart. It was during Vietnam War, and the draft was on, and you all had to sign up for the draft. And all four years through college, uh, uh, I was I was scheduled to be the next one to go. You know they do it by the lottery type thing, and they, and I was always the one. Uh, I wasn't an exemption, uh, and, and I, I knew I was going to go. But my I, I tried I tried to get drafted my freshman year. I wanted to go to Vietnam. A lot of my friends had gone there from public school, and a lot came home in body bags. And my neighbor, who was a member of our church, he came home after. I think he spent months in Germany after he was all shot up, eventually died. But uh, I'll never forget the day when he was shot and shot multiple times. You know, Brother Johnson, I, uh, I, I admired guys like you, men like you who are in the military. I wanted that. I wanted to be a Marine. And I tried, I tried, but I, I knew I should not do that. But I tried to get drafted and uh, did not fill out the forms all the time knowing they'd come after me. But they never did. You know, young people, that's the grace of God. I'm, I'm very honored to pastor men that have been in the military, men and ladies. But that's not God's plan for me. That was not God's plan for my life. And uh, I, I just knew God, uh, and I'm not trying to be humble about this because we're all proud. The very weakest were proud. But I, I never thought I had anything to offer God. And uh, I, just, I just knew uh, that God could not use me. I wasn't trying to be rebellious. I almost blew it. You know, we got into this building 17 years ago. I'd already been here a long time, 31 years at that time. And uh, I got scared. And for that next year, I preached. I preached, I think, with the touch of God. And I wrote a letter of resignation. And I always said, if I write a letter, I'll write it hold it for a year, and if I still feel it's God's will, I'll resign. And I wrote it one time just uh, just thinking, okay, they're going to cry. They're going to really miss me, you know. It lasted about two seconds, and I ripped it up. Another one, I just I wrote it and just lasted for about a day or so. But this one, I, I kept for almost a year. And I think of what I would have missed 17 years ago had I bailed. God's kept me so many times from stupid decisions. And God always used somebody. I went into a pizza parlor here 30 years ago. I led a man to Christ, and he was one of our lead laymen here. He really grew, and, and uh, you know, pizza parlors, I hate to tell you this, but uh, they all sell beer, I guess. But I went in there, and I was waiting, and a man... That man that I led to Christ was there. He said, I, he was at work. He said, I've decided today to give it all up. 
I'm going with the fellas. I'm going to go get alcohol and get drunk. And I walked in, and I got my pizza, and I gave a gospel tract to the fella. And that man saw me. And he said, you sent, Pastor, years later, he said, God, God sent you there. I was so convicted, I walked out, went home. I went to a ball game 35, had to be 35 years ago with my wife. And, her, and um, we went to the Giants game, and someone had given us tickets with several people who were right down toward the front. And I sat there, at, at, but people kept walking up, and it was a hot day, and the ladies were dressed just filthy, nasty. But I didn't realize that a man in my church sat about seven rows behind me. And I said, I'm going to watch him the entire game. I'm not watching the game. I'm going to watch him. And if he keep, keep puts his eyes on one woman, I'm done with Christianity. I never knew that. And, and every time, and it was just the grace of God, a lady would walk by, just vile dress. I, I'd put my head on turn it. He said, I watched the whole game. I spent all nine innings. I watched you. You know, God kept me that day. I wish I could tell you I'm a good Christian. God says put no confidence in the flesh on people. I was preaching for my dear friend. I, the man I hit last night by accident, Brother, brother Kissel, he, uh, his father-in-law was my roommate, Dr. Wally Davis. His father-in-law was one of America's greatest preachers. He's laid to rest out here at age 51 in the cemetery in Santa Clara. I was preaching for him probably 40 years ago. And it was before cell phones and all that. I'd call my wife every night on the house phone. And I got done preaching. And I, uh, I, I turned the TV on. I just wanted to see if some sports or something. And I turned it on, went and brushed my teeth. It came back out. And I, I, was, I was horrified. There was filth on the TV. Nastiness. Dirt women that were, it was just, and, and I immediately, I remember doing this, I immediately shut it off, and I fell at the base of my bed, and I prayed, and I said, God, you know I didn't try to see that. I you know I, I, I didn't try to do that. It was there, and I make a pledge to you right now. I'll never watch a television ever alone, ever. That had to be 40 years ago. I called my wife right away and said, here's what happened. And she said, well, honey, you don't have to never watch TV alone. I said, yes, I do. I could have destroyed my life. She said, well, what a good Christian. No, you know why I did that? I'm not a good Christian. I'm so weak. And when you think you're so powerful and so strong, you are setting yourself up. Well, I can be in this environment. No, you cannot. In environments that's wrong, you're not going to make it. And I, I just think this, I envy you so much, kids, because you're young. And Brother Johnson, they're in for the time of their life in the ministry, aren't they? It's the past. Now, you get nutcases once in a while. And folks that you have to deal with, things you have to deal with, they're hard and difficult. But I, I just, I'm so proud of you. And God has a great future. You know, years ago, um, my pastor over here, 
He's about 20 minutes away. He called me. He said, Jack, I, I want you to pastor our church. Well, I said, Pastor, you know I'm pastoring this church. And he goes, well, you can pastor both. I said, well, I got a Christian school. He goes, well, we have one over here. You can do both. And I began to pastor both those churches. And it happened a couple of times. I pastored another church at the same time in Morgan Hill years ago. But you know, I never thought I would have been the second pastor of my home church. One of you men just may be the next pastor of this church. One of you young ladies may be just the, the next pastor's wife of this church. And that's, I'm not resigning tomorrow, next week, next month, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years, but when I get old. <laughs> Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to the book of Romans. Uh, there's, there's not enough I can say to you to say thank you, Brother Flood. And to you young people, you pastors, you youth workers, you lay people, how you've given your effort and time and a week's pay to come to this place and perhaps your vacation week. And I'm just so very thankful for you. And young people, I, your spirit has just been incredible. Uh, I don't see anybody you have to call down. Now somehow you're going to have to stay awake and, uh, and uh, we'll let the Word of God help us with that today. Romans 13. I wonder today if you could stand together in Romans 13. Our text is from verse 11, and you know that's our theme this year. But I wonder if we can have the men read verse number 11. The ladies will read 12, the men 13, and the ladies 14. Now, men, ladies always stay together. They pause at the commas and the semicolons and periods. They're always good. They keep strong uh, voices. Men normally mess up. Come on, fellas, lead the way. The first word is and. You got it, fellas? And, you see it? You see after the word time, what is that called? <laughs> it's not called and. What's that called after the word time? It's a comma. You got it there? You got it? Okay, men, show ladies how to read. Ready, fellas? Read. Now, ladies, that was good. There's a lot of potential husbands right there. That's good. Ladies, verse 12. Ready? Begin. There we go, ready, man. Let us walk honestly. Let's bow for prayer. Father, what a, what a wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, every message has helped me. Lord, there's been something in every message and many things that I need for my life. And I, I thank you for what we've all heard, young and old. And I pray your blessing upon these young people as they go home today and tomorrow, the next day, of flying all different directions, driving all different directions. I pray that you give safety. God, I pray that it would show up this Sunday in church with the singing. 
with the enthusiasm where they sit. And I pray that our churches would be revived because we're sending young people back to church. Lord, if they give testimony, may they be very sincere in their testimony and very intelligent and, and very mature. And may they have heart. God, perhaps if there's a testimony time on Sunday night in churches, there might be a, a spirit of revival that catches hold of the parents as well, adults. Bless our few moments together now as we look at knowing the time, what time it is. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want you to know what time it is, young people, and that knowing the time. What time is it? It's rapture time. What time it is what? What time is it? It is what? The word rapture is not in the Bible, but the thought is because the word means to snatch away or catch out of this place. It happens in Revelation chapter 4, verse number 1. The next event on God's timetable is the rapture of the church. The Bible says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. The trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. These graves will open. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And wherefore shall we ever be with the Lord? There is coming a rapture day. You say, well, what, what's going to have to happen before that? It's all happened. Everything that needs to happen. The world hates Israel. The last days are going to hate Israel. Uh, there'll be one world economy and one world government. And there'll be one world religion out of Rome, seven hills. And we're seeing even how the Pope is so involved with re religion and so involved with the nation's world. And the Bible says the leaders of the world, the presidents, the kings, they're all going to, the word is fornicate. They're going to union together as one religion and government. And you think government has control? They do. They want, they want to govern. They want to tell you that you cannot speak against sodomy. A man with a man and a woman with a woman. That's why in some public libraries, the Bible has now been outlawed. You cannot have a Bible because it's a hate book. I want you to know Jesus is coming again. But for those that remain, read Revelation chapter number 6, 7, 8 through 19. Read, read what the Bible says. The first thing that's going to happen, there'll be 21 judgments on planet Earth. In chapter number 8, one-third of the trees will be burnt up. One-third of the grass will be burnt one-third of the ocean will be polluted. One-third of everything in the ocean will die and the stench and the filth. You thought this was a smell last night. You wait till one-third of the ocean and then begin to wash up on the seashore and these big, big whales and these fish and they all begin to die in the stench. One-third of the men, chapter number nine, verse 17, one-third of the men on planet Earth will die. There'll be bloodshed. There'll be slaughter. The moon will be one-third dark. The sun will be, will, will be darkened. Oh, and it will be heat, heated up. One-third, everything changes. Talk about climate change. Isn't it amazing? They're going to blame this on climate change. That's the rapture. And you know what's going to take place? If you know not Jesus Christ as Savior, you're going to stay on planet Earth for seven years. There'll be 21 judgments that are poured out upon mankind. 
We're going to go to heaven if you're saved to eventually take your place. The judgment seat of Christ. We will stand before God for our sins. They were paid for at Calvary. Jesus paid for all my sin. We will stand before God to receive those things in the body, whether good or evil, the works that we have done. And they'll either be burnt up as we heard last night or they'll abide forever. We'll receive a crown. There's five, some say six crowns that can be won. And those crowns will be won. Brother Johnson, you're going to be way at the front of the line. There's a pastor's crown. There's a soul winning crown. There's these various crowns that you can win. What will we do? Revelation, Revelation 5, we'll cast our crowns at his feet and say, thou art worthy to receive honor and glory and praise. His name will be lifted up. Oh, thank God for that. And then there'll be the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven. Oh, not down here. You'll go in the grocery store. If you're lost, and say, my little children are hungry. Now I'm hungry. So no problem. You don't even have to have a credit card. You have to have the mark of the beast. On your forehand here or on your forehead. I don't know, will it be a chip? They're already implanting them. But it will allow you to buy or sell. And they'll say, how are you going to pay? You have the mark? No, I, I, I don't have that. But we're so hungry. We're so very hungry. My children are hungry. We're out of formula. We need diapers. We need food. My little babies need baby food. I need to get it. You have to have the mark of the beast. Well, what would I do? Go down there to that office. They'll give you it. Well, what will it mean? You cannot travel without the mark of the beast. You cannot do anything. It's a satanic mark, and you'll have to receive it. And by the way, you have just sealed your doom because the Bible says there will be people saved during the tribulation, but you cannot receive the mark of the beast. The Bible says God's going to see to it that 144,000 Jewish missionaries will be scattered throughout the world to preach the gospel. Now, they'll be beheaded for preaching the gospel. After this, I beheld a great multitude of all nations and kindreds and people and the tongues. And they stood before the throne, before the Lamb, crying out, whose are these and whence came they? These are they that came out of the great tribulation, have washed their robes and made them wine the land. If you get saved, you will be a martyr on planet Earth. You get that chip, you forget about it. You're not going to get saved. You go day two. I was here yesterday. My kids are starving. You have the mark? No, go get the mark. Day three, you've tried to do everything to feed your little children. You're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to get the shot or not? That was a prelude. That was just a prelude. I had people lose their jobs because they wouldn't receive the shot. That's a prelude of the control. You mask up. That's a prelude to control your life. You can't meet in church. That's a prelude. That's all a prelude. It will set us up, Fauci and the rest of the satanic crowd. I want you to know that on this planet, knowing the time, it's rapture time. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says, and knowing the time, it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation that has nothing to do with the cross of Christ. Salvation has to do with the word deliverance. Now is our deliverer, our deliverer, nearer than when we first began, believed. Amen. 
He is coming again. He is coming again. This very same Jesus who is rejected on bed. I'll tell you what time it is. It's rapture time. I'll tell you what time it is. It is rising time. The night is far spent. The Bible said, verse 11, knowing the time that is high time. That word high is an interesting word. It means rise. It's time to rise. By the way, yes, the rapture. But why don't you go home and rise up? Why don't we go home and rise up and say, by the grace of God, this school year I'm living for God. This school year I'm going to live for God in my church, in my home. I'll say yes to my mother. I'll say yes to my dad. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to war. I'm not going to cause division in my family, in my youth group. I'm not going to be a drama king or a drama, ah, man, drama king, or a drama queen. I'm in this thing. It's time to rise. Rise to another challenge. You talked about that dross last night. I think it was last night or sometime yesterday. How it comes, you get that dross off there. You can see your face. It's rapture time. It's rising time. It's responsibility time. The Bible says, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us cast off, verse 12, the works of darkness. And put on the armor of light. As you go home and the Lord tarries, if he does this year, and you go to school, some of you are going to be light in a Christian school, in a home school, a private school, a public school, and some will be in darkness. I promise you, I promise you, next year some of you will be drug addicts. That hurts me to think of that. I promise you. He said, but I'm only 15. I promise you, you'll be drug addicts. Some of you. Happens every year. I promise you, some of you will be drunks. In my ministry, I've known of alcoholics at age 12 years of age. I'm an alcoholic. I drink every day. Young children. The fastest growing group of pornography lovers is women. Because we're so much into our selfie. Into pornography. It's almost impossible to have a young man get married. Thank God we've had so weddings already here this year. And men are pure and clean. But even in Christian, Christian surroundings, there are more teenage boys on pornography than those that are not. That's not fair to the girl you're going to marry. You're putting things in your mind that you'll never get out. You're putting things in your heart, young lady. Uh, the big thing is posting, posting pictures with no clothes on. I know a preacher's daughter that did that. She turned her life around. She's married. She's got kids. But those pictures are still out there. What do you tell your husband? What do you tell? <laughs> You're going to get married and not sit down with this girl or not sit down with this guy and find out what's out there that's going to surface later. It always does. What are you going to do when your mama, what is this? 
It's time to cast off the works of darkness. It's time to say, I am responsible. I am not going to blame the Baptist church, the fundamental church, the independent church. I'm not going to blame the Christian school. I'm not blaming my mom. I'm not blaming my dad. I'm not blaming. We don't have a youth pastor. We don't have, neither do we. Our kids, I commend them. They've been so patient with me. Our wonderful youth pastor that was with us, my, my, my son-in-law, not my, 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 my niece's husband, so he's a niece-in-law to me, cousin-in-law to me, uh, nephew-in-law to me. Oh, we lost him, and we lost a good man. I've had nine youth pastors and four filling youth pastors in 48 years, and they've all been so wonderful. Our son was the longest for 12 years. Brother Tim, boy, I tell you what a blessing he was to me and to this ministry. But I want you to know something. Our kids have been patient because that's been now about 16 months, and I'm not pulling the trigger. One, I don't have any money. And two, I don't have any peace about anything, and we're not going to do anything how are we doing? Hey, we have a principal. We have a brother Luke Flood in the church side. We have a brother Reamers. We have school teachers. We have youth uh, Sunday school teachers. Got a lot of workers working with their kids. And we're not stumbling. So you say, I don't have a youth pastor. I, I, I grew up in church. All these churches in this Bay Area, all of us, we would play ball on Thursday night, on Friday night, baseball, on Tuesday nights, basketball. We went to the roller rink once a, once a quarter. All the churches in the Bay Area, there was many of them here. None of us, I never heard the word youth pastor until I went to Bible college. We didn't have youth pastors. That's just not the way it was. Oh, I've got to have a youth pastor. Oh, I've got to have a Christian school. Hey, listen, you just got to go ahead and bloom where you're planted. Thank God for that. Why don't you spend time casting off the works of darkness? Look what he says in that text. Cast off the works of darkness. Put on the armor of... It's not mommy's job to lay your clothes out for you. Ephesians chapter 6. Put put on the whole armor of God. Mommy put my sword out for tomorrow. I need my sword. Put my helmet out. I need my helmet. That's your job. I heard a preacher years ago say, get dressed for success. And that is put on the shield of faith. Put the helmet of salvation. Put the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Notice what the Bible said. It is, I tell you what time it is. We're almost out of time here. Rapture time, rising time, recognition time, responsibility time. It's real time. What do you mean? I'd like you to see, let us walk honestly. There's an old preacher, Brother Bobby Robertson, 86 or 87 he was when he passed away in August a few years ago. You know, his birthday was in August. He passed away earlier than that. Brother Bobby pastored that great gospel light Baptist church. I was preaching in a youth conference there 30-some years ago. And in his closing prayer, he said, God, help us to be real. Help us to confess our sins. Help us to walk humbly before you. I came back to my church on Sunday night and said, I didn't study for the message it was given to me in a prayer by Bobby Robertson. I have it posted in different places. I give it to our college and high school students normally every year or every other year. Three things. Let's be real. Let's confess our sins and let's walk humbly before God. You know what I loved about Brother Bobby Robertson and the preacher friends that I have? They're just real. 
Just be you. Don't, 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 don't try to be some, and don't play, play the part. Don't mask yourself up like you're one thing and then you're another. Don't be a church thing and then a home thing, or a church thing and then a school thing. You know, Brother Fenera, that's what I battled in my life. I went to school, I felt like it was a large school, 600 graduates in my senior class, 2,500 young people in the school. I hung around with the cool guys, you know, we hung out at the wall. And they knew Traber would go to Sunday school and church, but quite frankly, a lot of kids did back then. But they knew I went drink and, and smoke, and that was weird. I felt like a sissy. I'd go to the bus stop. They were smoking. Girls were smoking. Guys were smoking. My, I, I'd walk, and there's my twin sister. I would never stand by her. I was so embarrassed with her. She was such a good Christian girl. And she'd stand over there. I'd stand over here by the dudes, you know, because I was cool. I didn't smoke. They knew it. But I sure wanted to smoke. And I got to this school, and I thought, man, I've never been in a movie house. I've never had any beer. I, my buddy John, John lived around the corner from me. John would go to the table in the morning, 14 years of age, and smoke at the breakfast table with his dad. Danny lived right next door to him. He would, he would smoke with his parents at the breakfast table. Jack, my dad would pray with us. Ah, I really missed out. I want you to know I love my parents so much. But I'd get frustrated. Why did I have to be born once in a while, and I'd say, in a Christian home? Why can't I experience this stuff? What kept me from smoking and drinking and going to the movies, though I wanted to, was not that I loved God. I loved my mother and I loved my dad. And you're going to have to love somebody more than yourself. I hope it's God. You're ahead of me. But I continue to love my parents. It turned into a love for my Lord. I can remember my folks sitting right over there where you folks are, pastor, right where you are, my parents sit. They're both with the Lord. I could look at my mother in that casket and say, I know I never broke her heart. I wasn't a perfect son, but I know I, know I loved her. Till the day she was 91 years ago, I loved that lady. I looked at my dad, had a real hard time burying my dad. I loved my mother just as much, but I got so close to my dad. He never counseled me. I just, he never told me what to do with this church. He was a deacon, and he never talked in deacons to me because he felt like he didn't want to sway people one way or another way. He just was there. And I looked at that dead little body. My dad had hands like I, short, stubby fingers. I, I, I'd say to my dad, Dad, why don't we ever grow a mustache or anything? Because he's, I tell you why, son, we'd look like Hitler. <laughs> as a little boy, my, my, my dad as a teenage boy cut his thumb off on the, uh, out in the fields working. He wrapped it up, got the tractor in, put it in the ice box. They had ice and his sister found it when he was back out in the field working that day and threw it away and burning in the, in the incinerator. He said, hey, I want to see if we can get that thumb back on. He, it's long gone. I'd, I'd sit in church, play with that little thumb of his. I said, I wish I had a thumb like that. I love that man. My dad was a German. They didn't have middle names, but he had a first name. 
It was a German name, Gottlieb. Gottlieb means, uh, means God loves. Oh, you're such a good man. Everybody loved my dad. My mother, his sister actually named, uh, nicknamed him Gubby, G-U-B-B-Y. My mother would call him my hubby, tubby, chubby, gubby. <laughs> I said, Dad, I, I like your name, Gubby. I'm Jack, and my twin sister is Jill. How goofy is that? <laughs> why don't you name me, why don't you name me Gubby? I'll never forget my dad looked at me and said, son, <laughs> I loved you too much. <laughs> you know what time it is, kids? Just be real. A guy came to college 20-some years ago, had to walk, you know. This is, I'm cool, man. I, I, in those days, you know, he thought he was a good ball player. In those days, when I started the college, was it 27 years ago? I, I'd bring some of the young fellows over to give a testimony in a high school chapel. I stopped because they flopped, so many of them. Right? It'd be better now. But uh, he came over. I'll never forget him. Came in a high school chapel carrying a basketball. The way he walked, I could tell he wasn't a baller. It could just... You, you, you could just tell. You could just tell. I mean, he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't have it, you know. But he was looking like he had it. Yeah, kids, I want to tell you, you're going to have to learn to be humble. And the way he was bouncing the ball on the platform, he said, this is going to be a mess. He, he, he you know, bounced it like this. Then he was taking the ball and goes, you got to shoot the ball. He was doing it like this. You got to shoot the ball. You don't shoot the ball like this. You shoot the ball with this. One finger. Your pointer finger. You stand here, and you point it with that finger, and you can almost swish it every time. He was there talking about, yeah, me. Let me tell you something, kids. I got these trophies and awards in high school, balling. Means nothing to me. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> he probably got them from his mother is what he got them from. <laughs> I think there's a homeschooler. I'm not sure, but he didn't go to any, and, and, and he, <laughs> but he never shot anything. And, and I, I can remember, I went and watched him play basketball. I never made the college team, but I can remember, I, I watched him. <laughs> Don't run like that. Yeah. Don't shoot like that. Or, you know, you square up to the basket when you shoot, you know, you come back and you square up. He was way over, like, he's not going to make it. He never did. And why don't you just be real? Some of you girls are going to waste your whole life because you're not pretty enough. I'm not pretty. I, I tell you what, of course I'm blind, but you girls are all pretty. Get over that stuff. You, you know what happens? You're going to marry Ralphie. Can I tell you what's going to happen with Ralph? Can I just tell you right now? Ralph with that nice hair is going to be bald. Because God never covers his best furniture. Ralph's going to be bald. And can I tell you something else about Ralph who's 182 pounds? Ralph is going to be 282 pounds. It's going to be all right here. That's, you're like that, girls. 
And, and, and Ralphie's going to have bunions and bulges and bifocals, and, 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 and he's just going to be a mess. And he's going to come home and plop himself in the chair, whichever one he can fit in. <laughs> he said, hey, little woman, give me that remote. A few minutes later, he rings the bell. Hey, give me an iced tea. Put a lemon in it, will you, honey? That's what you're going to marry, girls? Hey, can I tell you something? Don't be wrapped up in all this stuff. I never knew. Apparently, I've got a big nose. I never knew it. I was preaching in a foreign country, and they, they, they start referring to me as, and they, the word was big nose. I won't tell you because you'll know what country I was in. They start calling me big nose. I said, what are they calling me, Pastor? He goes, oh, they're just saying something. The missionary told him. I said, well, what is it? They said, big nose. I said, do I have a big nose? I looked in the mirror. I, I mean, I was pastoring this church. I went through all my, I never looked in the mirror. Uh, boys don't, boy, you, you don't primp in front of a mirror. If it's taking you more than 10 minutes, you don't have your eyeshadow on, right? Something's wrong. Come on, fellas. Yes, sir. Oh, how do I look? Now, it takes me longer now because when I comb the back, I got another mirror to make sure I cover in the, the spots that are still holes, you know. I'll tell you what, you're going you're gonna to get old looking. Forget about girls. You're, you're, you're created just like God wants you. And you're not happy with your appearance. Get over that. I'm not saying, hey, listen, look at a magazine. Find a new hairdo, maybe. And I'm not talking about green or purple. And just, just find a new hairdo. And, and do something with your face. Someone said, you know, put the makeup on, I think. Whatever, do, do that. I told my wife last night, ladies are so fortunate. You get to paint, the, paint it all up, put dap in there and fill in the cracks. <laughs> man, man, we just have to look like this. We're, 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 we're out of time. I want you to see... Lastly, as we're thinking about being real with this, let's, let's finish it up here. He, he tells what, what being real is. No rioting. That is just being living out of control like a party animal. What's the next party? What's the next word he says? Not rioting, what's the next one? Drunkenness. We know what that is, intoxication. Chambering. Chambering is being immoral with another person. Wantonness. That is just uncontrolled lust. You make the rules, we're going to do it my way. I don't care what the old lady, my mother, don't ever call your mom the old lady. I don't care what the old man, don't ever call your dad the old man. Put your dad and put your mother in a coffin and then see if you can say it. And that's where you're going to, I hope your parents go before you. I spend the prayer of my life, I want to go before all my kids and all their mates and all my 14 grandkids. I don't want them to go first. I want to go first. Wantonness, just out of control. No boundaries, no rules. I'm amazed that, you know what I figured out? We have basically no rules to join this church. You've got to be saved, baptized, and you know, you got, to, you got to know what we stand for before we list it there. That's about it. To be a worker, there's 13 rules. You've got to be saved, you've got to be baptized, you've got to attend services, you've got to tithe. Whoa, that's hard. Got to dress like a lady if you're a lady. You got to dress like a man if you're a man. It spells it out. Wait, that's real hard. 
Try to play on a basketball team where the coach says, whatever you feel, just do it. You're going to lose every game. You're going to lose. Try to play on a volleyball team where there's no rules. Wantonness and then strife. Are you the one that creates strife and contention and fighting in the youth group? And then he says, envying, jealousy. The last R is righteousness, verse 14. Let's read 14 together. Ready? Begin. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. See, young people, it's time. It's time to grow up. It's just time. I've heard a few babies in here this week, and they cry. But it's just a shame if that baby never grows. It would be a shame if you are sitting next to a boy right now or a girl right now, and you're 14, 15, 16, and, and they say, I want my bottle. You want, well, it's time to grow up. Become mature. Read your Bible every day. Figure it out. Your pastor or youth pastor, whoever you have, they'll help you show you how to read your Bible. And pray every day. Get a prayer journal. Work with that thing. And start with five or ten minutes a day. You don't have to do two hours a day. Just do five, ten minutes a day. Read the proverb of the day. Start with that for a month or two. And, and pray every day. Who do you pray for? Pray for yourself. Jesus prayed for himself in John 17 first before he prayed for others. His format in chapter 17, he prayed for himself. He prayed for the saved. He prayed for the unsaved. If you have a dad, would you pray for your dad every day? If you have a mother, will you pray? If you have a grandpa, a grandpa, a brother, or sister? I, I prayed with two of my grandkids here. We have four here in high school this year. Uh, Landon's visiting us, Landon Treber from Arizona, and then the, the three of the four from Eric kids were in here. Addison's in here. She's the baby of the family. And... Uh, they, they saw Riley get hurt yesterday, their brother. And he went and got some staples in his head. And, uh, and there he sits now. He's fine. But I saw Reagan, and I saw his sister, Reagan. And I saw Hudson. And Dern, were you preaching yesterday morning, Brother Johnson? Yeah, I, I watched them. They listened. But they, their hearts weren't here. Their minds weren't here. They love their brother Riley so much. They just love him. And their dad, Fenera, took him to the hospital. When I was in invitation, I came down here and I caught Hudson's eye. He's always watching me, always sits in the front row. I said, Hudson, he came. Reagan was right there. So Reagan, we prayed. I said, Hudson, why don't you lead us in prayer? He just was weeping. He couldn't get control of himself. I said, let me pray first. And I prayed for their brother was at the hospital. And then I, I said, are you ready to pray? Because I am. Just he wept. By the way, he's not a sissy. And then Reagan prayed. Riley, I wish I had that on tape for you. It was such an amazing thing, carrying your siblings. I want my grandkids, the, the, the Thompson kids, there's five and five of our grandkids. They love one another. The Treeper kids, there's five of them. They they. Landon's here somewhere. Landon, are you right there? You love your, you're the eldest. You have two sisters and two brothers. I, I hope you don't mind me saying this. Came home, he was standing with us, 
except the last night we stayed with us. And I said, what's all that? He goes, well, I got my dad here. I got my, bought my dad a hat, I bought my mother this, I bought my sisters this, I bought my brother. I didn't tell him, that's a good brother. It's time to grow up. Stop making your mother's life so hard. Stop making your dad's life so hard. I love you, kids. No telling what's going to happen. You got to know the time. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.